0: Welcome to the Wellspring Community Church podcast, where we exist to help real people find real hope in a real world. We hope today's message encourages you. Let's get into today's episode. Well, today uh, we're going to continue a series that we started a few weeks ago. A few weeks ago, called uh, Mary and Bright, and uh, we played the song "White Christmas," and it, it basically gives us a false hope that really. Christmas can really be merry and bright. Why? Because there's tension when it comes to Christmas. There's a lot of tension. And what we decided we were going to do is go over these four tensions during this merry and bright series. So week one, we talked about you have, a, you have an opportunity to choose an anxious spirit or a calm spirit. Last year, last week, we actually tackled the topic, is it really better to give than it is to receive? And whether you know it or not, and I just want to celebrate with you, uh, last week we were able to give away, for free, nearly $11,000 to families in need in our church. So if you if you weren't here last week, we just threw money up here. There were $100 bills and 50s and 20s and uh, scores of people came up and... Just the stories that we're hearing of people going, my, my, my account was in the red, I had no money, there was no way. And uh, so just we honor you. Thank you, church, for allowing us a place to do that. Today, we're gonna talk about the speed of life versus the speed of love. And uh, today, I just wanna slow down with you. Really pastor you instead of preach to you. And so if you'll allow me to do that, that's what we're gonna do there. And then it's all gonna culminate on Christmas Eve. And I'm talking to the church primarily here. And so some of you know somebody in your life that have said something, Not not this... But they said, how do I get off the naughty list and get on the nice list? Not, not Santa's naughty list and onto Santa's nice list, but to God's. You, you've heard the adage that people have said, well, if I go to church, the roof will cave in. Like everybody in this room knows somebody that feels like they've been on the naughty list for way too long, and there's no way God would allow their name to be on the nice list. So if you know somebody like that, invite them to Christmas Eve uh, next week. Today, we want to talk around this idea, uh, the speed of life versus the speed of love. I said this a few weeks ago, that you can't love quickly. Love t- causes us to slow down. You can't love somebody to shoulder to shoulder. You can only love people eyeball to eyeball. Seeing them and noticing them and looking through them into their soul. And, and I'm convinced today, church, if you will allow me to pastor you for the next 30 minutes... I'm convinced today that some of you, you're not resting. In fact, if you want the big idea, if you're taking notes, here's the big thought that I want to talk about today. My goal for you in this Christmas season over the next eight to 15 days is that you would replace your restless mind for a restful heart and soul. A restful heart and soul. Some of you right now, that you can't even sleep at night. You're using melatonin and you're using ashwagandha and you're using NyQuil and using all of these things to help you sleep at night. But the truth of the matter is this you're afraid to go to sleep because you know you'll wake up in the middle of the night and you won't be able to go back to sleep because your mind is racing your marriage and your kids and your finances and your business and the decisions that we must make. And I'm here to tell you that the God of the universe, the savior of your soul, wants to replace your restless mind for a restful heart and soul. It was in 1993, and if you know anything about me, when I was growing up, it was Jesus, family, and basketball. Sometimes not in that order. And it was 1993, the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels, coached by Dean Smith, were playing the Michigan Wolverines, coached by Jeff Fisher. And if you remember back in 1993, the Michigan Wolverines had these five sensational freshmen. They were known as the Fab Five. And they had some incredible players on them and they they were supposed to win it all. Both of these two teams, Fisher and Smith's team made it to the national championship game. The Michigan Wolverines were down by two. Chris Webber had grabbed a rebound. And when Chris Webber grabbed a rebound, if you know anything about basketball, Chris Webber had grabbed a rebound and he got what's called trapped. That's when two or three players surround around you and not allow you to move or pass the ball. And Chris Webber, in the moment of being trapped down by two points, Chris Webber did something, he, he called a timeout. The problem is, Chris Webber and the Michigan Wolverines did not have any more timeouts. Which caused them to receive a technical, which ultimately caused them to lose the national championship game 77-71. to 71. This glaring error by Chris Webber in the national championship game reminds us the importance of basketball and football and other sports to manage your timeouts well. Because you never know at the end of the game when you will desperately need a timeout. And for some of you in this room today, you desperately need a timeout in life. Your mind is racing and you can't even comprehend what it looks like to slow down. And even when you slow down, you get anxious and you feel sad and you feel discouraged and you feel unaccomplished and you go, there's no way I can do it. But here's the reality about timeouts in life. See, many people are searchers, but very few people are finders. There are Christians and church people in the world alike searching for a timeout in life, and very few people are finding what it means to get a timeout. And the fact of the matter is, if we had a reservoir right now, it's because we fill it up with so many things, not bad things, but things. And so when it gets to the end of that moment, at the end of the game, and at the end of that season, and we go, my goodness, I just need a timeout. There's not enough room in the life bucket to actually add in a timeout. And you ultimately will have a choice. Do I choose the speed of life or do I submit to the speed of love? See, you've heard this before and let me remind you of this today. Again, trying to pastor you today. Not really trying to preach to you today. I'm trying to pastor you. And I need you to know today that if Satan can't make you bad, he will make you busy. And some of you in church today, you need a time out in life. You have resulted on natural, not supernatural, natural remedies to rest your mind. Medical ways to rest your mind. See, there's a story in Genesis chapter 4 see, two brothers, Cain and Abel. If you know this story, Abel presents his offering. And again, that's a whole nother sermon, but he pre- presents the first, the gross of his offering. The very best, he doesn't hold back. He gives the first 10% without holding back. So it wasn't his net, it was his gross. And God honors Abel because Cain doesn't do that. He only gives what's left over. And God looks at Abel and he says, I honor you. But we see the result of what happens to somebody who allows their mind to wrestle. We read it in Genesis chapter four. This is Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me. This is Cain talking to God. Today you are driving me from the land and I will be hidden from your presence. Listen to this. This is ultimate damnation. I will be a restless wonder in essence what Cain is saying that this is worse than death to live like hell where my mind just doesn't stop moving I wonder how many of us today and watching online you have what Cain would say is a wondering restless mind See, three years ago, and I won't bore you with the story again, I was in the darkest place of my entire life. And I remember looking to April, and I would say to April, and this is a word for somebody today, I would say to her, I just need a vacation. I need another trip. I need a sick day. I need a date night. I just need time away from the office. I I need to get off the platform for a few weeks and, and not preach. And so I listed you six of them, and I did them all. But at the end of the day, I went back into life, and I realized that that didn't fix any of it. Because let me say something to you today, church. I'm trying to pastor you today. There's a difference between rest for your body and rest for your soul. And today, I think the thing that God is offering to us today is you have a choice to to make a decision today, and that is will you choose the speed of life or will you choose the speed of love? Speed of life says, I'm going to allow the commercials and the culture and the media, and I'm going to allow that to drive who it is that I'm supposed to be, or I'm going to let the speed of life. So I'm going to do experiences rather than gifts. I, I, I don't know what it is for you, but you have a choice. And I will tell you, if you spend way too many years in a row consecutively living by the speed of life, you will slowly die and you will find yourself like Cain, wandering in the wilderness with a restless mind. Solomon, the wisest man to ever walked this planet, outside of our savior, Solomon said this, and maybe some of you are here. Ecclesiastes chapter two, what do people get can I ask you this question? What do you get? What are you getting? Like, like the reality is, no offense, and I'm not here to like be Scrooge and humbug, and, but at the end of the day, when the presents get unwrapped, do you even feel better? What, what are you doing? And we're doing Christmas presents. Look at my tree. I've got scores of them under there. But that's not fixing it. What are you doing with all the toil and the anxious striving? When you've labored for the last 30 days to get the right string and the right ornaments and the right this and the right that and the right that and the right this and the right party and the right food and the right environment and you've, you've done it all, what are you getting out of it? All of their days, their work is grief and pain. And then the Bible says that even at night they're dreaming about parties and they're dreaming about presents and they're going, oh my goodness, I forgot they've got six and they've got four. We got to go get two more gifts. Who says you got to go get two more gifts? Where did you read that at? Is there like a Christmas book that I've never read before, but you've bought into it like I bought into it. It happened to us this week. April goes, oh my goodness, we looked at our list. And Layla has nine and Liam has eight. We got to go get one more. I go, says who? <laughs> who? 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 Who sets the rules? But for some of us, listen to me, you're anxious and toil, you're striving. Your mind can't even rest at night. It's wearing you out, the movement of your brain, your mind and your soul, they need rest and it is not another cruise stop thinking cruise can fix your problem and i love cruises and vacations and date nights and spending time with friend and coffee and all those things are great but they will never replace the ultimate rest for your soul I mean, in the David, in the darkest part of his life, listen to what he says. He's running from his son Absalom. He's running for his life. And look at what he says. Truly, my soul can only find rest in one place, and that is in God. And then he does something that that really shocked me. Like, I don't even know what the point was until I looked it up in the original Hebrew. And then it says, my salvation comes from him. It almost feels like two disjointed thoughts. So we rest in God and then God got us saved. What's the point of all that? David, listen to me, church, listen to me. Oh my God, listen to me. Sometimes your mind will start wrestling and wandering so much. That the only place that you can go to is not your spouse and not a friend and not another book and not a Christmas Hallmark movie. The only place that you can go is back to the original place where you once were lost, but now you've been found. Back, David, sitting on the mountain, had to go back to the very place where he was saved. Do you understand that there are dozens of times in a, in a year calendar, would I go back? To March of 1999, at 17 years of age, I knelt before my bed at 718 Oak Street, Ruskin, Florida, 33570. It was a Wednesday afternoon. I gave my life to Jesus. I went to church that night to our youth group. Three of my best friends gave their life to Jesus Christ. And sometimes, when the dog throws up in the crate, and the Christmas lights fall off the house. And you literally almost burn down your house and you're thankful to God you have a fire extinguisher. I'm preaching to you my life. My lights literally fell off my house. I almost burnt down my house this week. I'm not even joking with you. At some point, you have to go back to your salvation to realize that I'm just a wanderer in this world. I'm a nomad. This is not my place. I'm gonna spend an eternity with Jesus. You go, ah, that just sounds like blah, blah. No, no, no. Sometimes that's the only place you have to go. The theologian and philosopher St. Augustine said this, you have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our soul is restless until it finds its full rest in you. Listen, this world can throw some daggers. This world can wear us out. But at some point, you're gonna have to do what Matthew chapter, instead of just knowing it as a memory verse that you learned somewhere around in your life, but to start, let it be the echo of your heart that Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary, and I will give you, this word is actually a special rest. It's not a vacation or a cruise or a date night. It's a special rest special rest he says take my you know what a yoke is a yoke is what oxen would go in and it's this wooden piece and both of their heads would go in and what Jesus is saying is when I look at your life there's only one of you in the oxen the yoke it's only one of you in the yoke if you will stop trying to do life on your own invite me into your situation we can yoke up together and we can accomplish more than you ever could alone this is not telling you to be lazy or to not be productive. What this verse is saying is you're trying to do it on your own. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. The only way you can learn from me is to get close to him. For I'm gentle and humble at heart and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is what? Light. Light. let me give you three things today. And then I want to talk to you just quickly at the end for just a few minutes at the end. I believe that so many of you are batting through conflict. I felt these are kind of almost, I I could not put it all. It's going to feel disjointed. I apologize for that. Forgive me. It's not a real manicured transition when we get to it. So I apologize. But I felt like the end I needed to give to you. I just, I didn't have another week to preach it, but I feel like as I'm walking this planet, I don't want to preach it before I get to it. There's so much conflict people not getting along and people are frustrated and people are angry and people are mad and people are ticked and offended and I want to talk to you about that at the end. Hold tight, brother. But before we get there, if you've got a restless soul, let me give you three things. Again, nothing's going to like wow you. This is just a reminder. But if you'll, if you'll receive it as an open heart, I believe God's going to speak to you. The first thing you must do, if you, if you want to replace your restless mind for a restful soul, the first thing that you have to do is you've got to, you've got to be still. If you ever invite me to the hospital where one of your loved ones or you are sick, I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually pray the same scripture. It's, it's what I pray. And it's Psalm chapter 46. It's my favorite Psalm. It's probably my favorite chapter besides Romans 8 in the entire Bible. Because Rome, uh, Psalm 46 says this, that we are to be still and know that he is God. Now that's verse 10. Verse 1 says that he's our refuge and our strength. He's our ever-present help in time of need. And then verse 2 through 9, go read it. 2 through 9 is basically a verbal diarrhea of his situation. I've got this, and 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 you don't know this, and you don't know that, and you don't know this. And it's almost like David just takes a deep breath and he just goes, I'm just gonna be still. And I'm just gonna be reminded that he is God. It's not a time to be busy or productive or moving. It's a time to just be still. And in this moment when you are still, it's not a moment to talk. Some of you are talking your way out of a moment with God. Just sit. Just sit in his presence. Just sit there. Get a journal and a pen and just sit there. And whatever he says, you write it down. Just be still. Later on in life, David says this. Instead, I've calmed and quieted myself. Here's the comparison that he says. Like a weaned child who no longer cries for its mother's milk, yes, like a weaned child is my soul within me. So what, what am I asking you this week? It's not eight days till Christmas. I'm asking you for the next eight days, including Christmas morning. I'm asking you to take five minutes every day And do nothing. Just be still. In fact, just to practice it today, I won't make you do it for five minutes right now, but I wanna do it for 60 seconds. I want you to just get still before the Lord, not productive and not busy, and just be be still. Let's just try it 60 seconds. For some of you, that, that was terrible, wasn't it? Sorry. That's the problem with, with our culture. We, we can't even be a still for 60 seconds because we feel unproductive. Can I encourage you to say, be still, be still, be still, be still. Here's number two, is be, be patient. Patient. Be patient. Psalm 37 says this, be still and patient. It says, be still before the Lord. And then once you're still, the goal is to be waiting, but waiting patiently for him. See, oftentimes the reason why you need to be still is because something hasn't gone the way you think it should go. It should have been quicker or it should have been painless or didn't go exactly the way you wanted it to go. And the reason why you are still is because God has some things to, to talk to you about that situation. Because his t- timing is not your timing. And a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. So how do I hear from God? We're to be, be still and patient. How do we wait patiently? How do we do that? Well, the, the Bible tells us how to wait, wait patiently. Here it is. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits for him in, in his. Hello. Most of you can read. What's it say? In his word. So when life doesn't go the way I want, and it doesn't go the speed I want, I don't resort back to a friend. I go back to the word of God, the written, the logos, the written word of God. So listen to me. Don't just wait patiently, wait expectantly. Expect to hear from God, God. believe you'll hear from God, hope you'll hear from God. Don't just go through the motions and wait, be still and wait patiently. You know what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter four? The Bible says that we as sons and daughters of the king, we have the authority to approach the throne of God with authority, boldly, boldness. It's your opportunity. So be still and be patient. Well, I don't want to be lazy. If I'm lazy, then then God won't show up and God God, God loves it when we have good work ethic. Let me just teach you something today. When when we are present with God in rest, he is present with us in work. And, And oftentimes you are allowing the work to mess up your church attendance, your community group, your, your serving, your family time, your, your date nights, and all of these things because you're working, because you think the work is what really matters, and what really really matters is for you to rest. Notice, God rested, and then he worked. He didn't work from rest, he worked for rest. He rested, rested, he rested. Number three is I want you to be still, it should be patient. And then thirdly, this is the biggest, biggest thing. This as older that I get, this may be most important to me. Is you must be reflective. Reflective. When you are busy and you get a downtime, the first thing that you and I want to do is all we can think about is the things that need to be done. I gotta make a list, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. What if instead of you got reflective on what needs to be done, what if you got reflective of what he's already done? Well, he saved me, he gave me my spouse, he gave me my kids, he gave me the opportunity to be able to work so I can have, this, and you got reflective on what he's already done. Psalm 116, come on, don't you love the book of Psalms? Psalm 116, let my soul be at rest again. What is David saying? It used to be at rest. There was a moment when I was restful. There was a moment when I didn't allow a culture to lead me. And you've been good to me. He has what? He has saved me from what? From death. pretty positive why because our greatest example is Paul and what did Paul say Paul said I've got this thorn in my flesh I've always wanted to get recovery and healing from this he never Bible never tells us that he got healing and recovery from that thorn in his flesh I've realized I will probably never get fully over my impatience and my anger now that's not an excuse to not work on it it just means it's probably going to be a thorn in my flesh that I'm out to the battle with every single day Every day, every day. I remember seasons where I've done things of regret. I remember when I lost hope. I remember when God saved me. I remember that season where I really did rest. Where, why can I go back to that season? I get, you know this, that we generally see what we look for, find what we search for and experience what we expect. I mean, you ever been shopping at Walmart or Target or the mall or somewhere and you're you're shopping and you're you're walking past things all of the time, all the time. Why are you walking past it? Because you weren't expecting to see it. But the moment you expect to see it, you see it all the time. Remember when you you bought that new car and you're like, oh, I don't ever see these on the road. And then you buy it and you're like, every third car is the car that I have. (laughs) Why? Because you're looking for it. What is the Bible telling us? You will, you will experience what you want to experience. What am I saying to you? Listen to me, restless wanderers, be still. Be patient expectantly and get reflective in moments where you don't see God working. All right, here's the awkward transition. Are you ready for it? I promised it to you. Here it is, awkward transition, here we go. I got no good transition for this. But I wanna talk to you just for a second about conflict. You're going to sit at the dining room table at Christmas season, and you're going to be with people that you don't like. Democrats, you're going to be sitting with Republicans. Republicans, you're going to be sitting with Democrats. You're going to be sitting with people that love Joe Biden. You're going to be sitting with people that don't like, not at my table, not at my table. You will. You will. But then there's serious ones. You may be sitting at a table with somebody who sexually abused you. You, you may be sitting at a table this Christmas season, whether it's Christmas morning or whatever, that betrayed you. You put your trust in them and they betrayed you. You're going to probably be sitting at a table with somebody who, who did something to you that you had no idea. And I want to give you some things that I felt like from the Lord. More past, pastor in you today. You've got, a, you've got an opportunity. Speed of life, speed of love. And if we're not careful, we'll allow the things of this world to drive what really matters. Can I just tell you, your money, it will fade away. You're not promised another day. How sucky would it be to get to heaven and know you gotta have a relationship with that person and you didn't fix it while you are on planet Earth? So what do we do? I want to encourage you. Just with a couple minutes I have left, is make this statement. I'm going to give you three statements that I want you to make over the next 15 days. Is say I will, I will act, I will not react. I'm going to have a pre-fight plan. We had three Christmas parties this week. Our family. We have three Christmas parties next week. April and I make a decision every time we go into an environment It's almost like the movie Four Christmases. Mistletoe. If you've seen the movie, some happens. Mistletoe. Mistletoe you've not seen it, you gotta see it, it's funny. You need a mistletoe. What's your, what's your pre-fight plan? Hey, when so-and-so starts to talk about the election next November, we're just gonna quickly go to the dessert table. Hey, our, our, our pre-fight plan is, hey, when, when, when this gets brought up, that person doesn't need to know my opinion. What's your, what's your pre-fight plan? Ephesians chapter four says this. Don't, Don't sin by letting anger control you. Some of you right now, anger is controlling you, your anger. And some of you right now, the reason why you're not willing to get over it is because you think you need justice. You don't need justice. You don't need justice. Just because something isn't right doesn't mean you can't be right. And most of you right now, you're offended at somebody else and you're offended at them and it's not hurting that other person, it's only hurting you. told you this story before, I don't have time to go into it. I love fantasy sports. I'm going to get eliminated from the playoffs today, but that's a whole nother conversation. But for 12 years, I was in a league with somebody. 12 years, 12 years. For five years, I wasn't in the league with him at all. Five years later, and I'll never forget, it was in 2015, he comes up to me at a pastor's convention, tears in his eyes. He said, I need to apologize to you. I said, why? He said, I've been holding an offense to you. Because five years ago, you made this trade in in fantasy sports. He goes, I've been holding a grudge to you for five years. I started laughing. And he goes, but I try not to laugh out loud, but he goes, I feel so much better. And I walked away and I was reminded that offense doesn't hurt the other person, it only hurts you. So here's, let me just give you quickly, this is just my thoughts, random thoughts. Don't put it off. Make it right today. Don't call names. Can I, can I also encourage you, don't involve your kids in adult conversation. You're creating in your kids to have offense towards other people and they are too young to feel what you're feeling. They're just going through puberty. They're just in high school. They don't need to know that you hate their ex, your ex-husband, their father. They don't need to know that. Their father sets the sun and moon and stars. They don't need it. Don't call names. Well, he's a jerk, he's a cheater. No, even as a 42 year old man, I tell my mom and dad, stop talking about each other. Never raise your voice. Don't get historical, ladies. Sorry, it's mostly you and I'm sorry, but it is. I'm sorry, you can gonna be mad at me, but it is. Send me an email later. You can't remember what you cooked for breakfast yesterday, but you remember in 1742, when this happened, it was like, did the, have the pilgrims even came yet? I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what's, I don't know. You get historical. Don't say never and always. Just remove those from your vocabulary and don't threaten divorce. And, and when I say divorce, I mean divorce in your marriage, but I, need, I mean divorce in that relationship completely. Just don't. Well, I'm not gonna be friends with them, and I hate them, and nah. Good thing God stopped hating us, and he sent his son. Number two, let me give you, I get you too quickly, is, is don't focus on, don't, I will say this, I will always focus on the good things. Always focus on the good things. You know how you know if you've truly forgiven somebody, is as soon as their name comes to your mind, if you can't think, the, if the first thing, if the first thing's not good, you've not truly forgiven them. My counselor taught me that about three years ago. I was walking through some offense that I had towards somebody, and he said, I'm gonna say their name and you're gonna say the first thing. And it wasn't good. And he goes, you still got work to do. If your first thought is good, your first action will be good. Your second action will be good. Your fifth action will be good. Your, your 10 action will be good. But you gotta get the thought life right. I'm gonna take every thought captive. Ephesians chapter four. Fix your eyes, fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely, what is admirable. Let's think on these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Are you hearing me? I'm gonna think on good things about that person. It may take you a minute or two to think of one good thing, but you gotta think on it. Number 3 and am two more, is I'll apply God's grace to you. We're really good about, we're really good about God, we're giving us grace, but we're really hard about extending that grace to other people. Have you ever made a financial bad decision in your life? But we're quick to get on to somebody else. You ever lied before? But then when our spouse lies to us, I cannot, why? You do it. The same grace that God gave to us is the same grace that we need to give to somebody else. Some of you need to receive that this Christmas season. You're holding on to that offense. It's time to forgive them. Just this week, I was talking to a family. There's been offense for 15 years with this, this lady, with this other lady. And their family, I'm trying to keep it as not as, I was like, oh my gosh, I wish there could be. Romans chapter 12. I'm almost done, Dakota. If your fingers get tired, just stop playing. (laughs) Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God for the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back. Who? Says the Lord. It's not your, you don't need justice. You don't need justice. God says, I will, I'll pay them back. You don't have to pay them back. God will pay them back. Here's the last one. Maybe the most important one is I will remember God's grace to me. I'll remember God's grace to me. The only way for you to give grace to other people is you must fully understand the grace that's been given to you. What grace has been given to you? Extend that grace to the other people. I know I gave you two sermons in one. I know it feels bipolar and I'm sorry, but I had to give it to you. I had to give it to you. So whether you're in this room and you're, restless wandering be still be patient and be reflective but maybe you're in this room and you're you're battling with conflict act don't react think of good things about that other person extend the grace to them that god gave to you and remember if it were not for the loving gentleness of our savior you would not have heaven let me pray for you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes, Father? We love you, and we're so grateful for this moment where we get to be in your presence. And God, I thank you for my my brothers and sisters. And God, I realize that this was more of a pastoral moment for our church, but I just pray for the ones that they're trying to accomplish everything. And God, you're 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 convicting us today that we were never designed to accomplish it all. And maybe there's somebody in this room, and they're not. They've been walking around for 40, 50 years with this offense. It's spread throughout their kids and now it's become a generational curse. Father, with every power in my being, 100% by the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray that the offense would fall. A fence, a fence. What's a fence do? Keeps the people in, in, and it keeps the people out, out that we would lower the uh, fence. Maybe you're in this room and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never trusted him. I wanna give you an opportunity to do that. You pray this simple prayer, just quietly in your spirit, just say, Jesus, would you come into my life and heal me? I give you all of my sin, today I receive salvation. I thank you for the cross, the resurrection, I thank you for heaven. Be my savior and my Lord today. How many of you would be bold and courageous and say you prayed that prayer for the very first time? If that's you, would you just lift your hand up? I just would love to know who I prayed that with. Awesome, awesome, fantastic, fantastic. You're real tall, just so I can see you, just wanna make sure I see you, thank you, awesome. So proud of you, thank you for, all we're gonna do is simply put a card in your hand, that's it, nothing magical about the card. The card just allows you an opportunity to know the decision you just made, to give your life to Jesus. Anybody else, several in this service, don't wanna miss you, anybody else? Awesome, just lift it up real, real tall and put it right back down, anybody else? Awesome, we see it right here. Awesome, fantastic, we see it. Yeah, just a little card you can put in your hand. We've got a little QR code there and it'll tell you exactly what you did. Help you walk through your decision. Father, I thank you for the ones that have trusted you as Savior. I thank you for being for them what they cannot be for themselves. In Jesus' name. Church, can we celebrate these individuals that gave their life to Jesus? Also- yeah. Hey, why don't we stand? And we're gonna go into a time of response. And for those of you that did trust Jesus, there's some tables with lights in the back of the auditorium. We just wanna walk with you and talk to you and help you with your next steps. Maybe there's somebody in this room and you know somebody that needs to be at Christmas Eve service. They've said to you, I'm just too bad, I'm too awful, I'm too sinful. Come light a candle in honor of them and take an invite card and invite them. Maybe you've been holding on to some offense, it's time for you to come put in the cross. Maybe you need to grab your family's hand take communion together and say, as we go into the last stage of this Christmas season, let's go in together. Whatever it is, respond. The Lord sees you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about Wellspring Community Church, visit our website at wellspringfl.com. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend services. We'll see you in the next episode.